Empires and Billy West. Or Stimson J. Cat or Lynn Hart. Shut up, you fool! And I'm Dr. Zoidberg, and I'm saying hello with Professor Hubert Farnsworth and your old Captain Zap Brannigan. You're listening to Two Broke Geeks. Joy! It can be cruel, poetic, or blind, but when it's denied, it's your violence you may find. Justice. The answer is justice. I made a vow to have peace. No matter how many people I have to kill to get it. Oh, peacemaker! Yes! You're that racist superhero! No. You only kill minorities! Now we all need to stay calm. There is no reason to panic. But Kenny died of COVID. It's a new variant. The COVID Delta Plus Rewards Program variant. <gasps> Everyone, please! We cannot panic! <laughs> so nothing we needed to... Oh, there we go. Nope. Just turn on the recording. That's better Look that way. That. It's better when I just surprise you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, anyhow, yeah, welcome to Two Broke Geeks again. I'm Matt. I'm Justin. Sorry, I got a text message from Jenny about what we're going to be talking about later about my Batman review, and I just got caught off guard. Oh, that's okay. (laughs) And also, uh, there's somebody else here, because we're going to talk about the Batman, because we need extra people to talk about it, because it's a big, dense, meaty, thick movie, thick as a dick. And so that's why Anthony's here. Hi, Anthony. Hello. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, we we tricked you. You're not actually here to talk about the Batman. You see, <gasps> when 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 two people have been in a relationship, as long as Justin and I have been, sometimes you get a little bored. And you just... So we like to go out and ask people to come in and so we can explore with. <laughs> hey, you know what, guys? I'm, I'm all for that. I used to love She Got Tricked back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. So... Basically, yeah, we're just mostly going to talk about the Batman because uh, not uh, there was other stuff this week. You know, Justin and I watched the new episode. So, Anthony, you're not a South Park fan, are you? I haven't been for years. Oh, I okay. it's one of those shows like The Simpsons I love, but it's been going on so long. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. that's really funny because like I've never been a fan of The Simpsons, and I've watched it like bits and pieces in the past, and there's just been uh, instances where like. I always find at least an episode or two in later seasons of South Park that I will always come back to. But like early, earlier stuff, like I find almost most of them super funny. And this show being on its 25th uh, season is still so it had a couple of ups and downs, but this, especially this last episode is just so fucking funny because it's like <laughs> nothing but nothing but a callback to like horse wiener jokes and butters <laughs> just being put in the worst position. Yeah, and, yeah. My uh, friend Greg says it's like better than it's ever been. Yeah, he loves it. Mr. Mackey being afraid because it, it's it's all about. Uh, of course, they're they're super on topic. You know, they they produce all their episodes in six days, so a lot of their stuff is very very topical. And this one is about. Uh, 
being attacked by Russians and the counselor, <laughs> Mr. Mackey is afraid of nuclear war, but it is essentially like you learn through the whole thing that he's actually like very, very nostalgic for when he was a child. And he's like <laughs> stoked that we're kind of back at war with Russia because it makes him like, he runs back to his parents' house and it's like his childhood bedroom is decked out. Like it's exactly the eighties. <laughs> And his mom awesome. has to explain to him that it's like, listen, just because you're getting older doesn't it does mean your penis isn't gonna work as good. You don't so have you to need... be. You, you know, you're older now, and you, I know getting older is scary because your pee pee doesn't work the way that it used to. But you know, things weren't necessarily better then, just because you were younger and your pee pee worked. And at the meantime, and the other half of it is butters is part of a dressage competition and he rides a horse named melancholy and butters parents are just mad because there's a russian kid in the dressage <laughs> tournament that's Russian. part of it it's just like you have to beat him for america you can't <laughs> let that russian kid win <laughs> butters uh, butters horse just keeps pooping all over the place and getting boners and having sex with other ponies on the dressage course <laughs> it's so yeah. funny Oh, but speaking of adult-based cartoons, this is something we didn't talk about. And Anthony, since you're here and you, you're just discovering this show. But I had a feeling this would happen. And this actually happened since the last time we recorded. They Hulu and John DiMaggio did come to terms for him to come back as Bender, which is very, very exciting. Because it just wouldn't have been right if they didn't come to terms with him being Bender. But... The, the part of the reason I say, Anthony, it's good you're here for this is because you're discovering Futurama yes. for the first time. I am. I finally decided to jump in the deep end once they announced the revival. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've seen you guys, uh, Tom, who I po podcast with, uh, yep. a few other people on the Christmas Podcast Network, uh, Andy DiGenova, his mm -hmm. Futurama show, everyone yeah. just raving about it. So I decided to give it a go. And I just finished my first watch through and I oh, freaking through. Yeah. Damn. Love it. And I'm already going back and rewatching some of my it's favorite episodes. Such a good show. It's so uh. good. And actually, initially when they announced the revival, that was kind of the one one of the ones where I was like, like I'm excited there's gonna be more, but also that it had a couple series finales because it got canceled and then came back and then got canceled again. But the most but, recent finale is perfect. Uh, I'm really scared. Is. It's so good. Yeah. But it does end on the note of uh, the, like the final part of the, the, the final lines of that episode, even though it is really beautiful and really wonderful and really perfect. Uh, Leela does say to Fry, feel like going back and doing it all again. And, mm -hmm. Or it, maybe it's the other way around. Maybe it's Fry says that to I think one Fry of them. Says, says it, Fry says it to her. Oh yeah, I feel like going back and doing it all again. And she says absolutely or something. You know, something to that effect. So, and, I mean, yeah, it works well to leave the door open for new adventures because yeah. you know, obviously they been at been together for decades by the time uh i mean they age know. they go all the way to be yeah. people so yeah yeah so but i just hope the new ending can live up to that ending yeah uh, yeah so all i care about is bender <laughs> so, i'm back baby <laughs> if you get a chance anthony uh i bought from john dimaggio when we went to new york city comic-con 
I bought off him the did you I don't know if you bought one either bought one Matt, but he there's a documentary he put out. I don't have the physical uh, copy, no. I've like, seen it. Yeah. It was streaming for quite a while. I yeah. know that voice. Yeah, I know that yeah. voice, which is a great documentary of John DiMaggio just talking about kind of like the history of of voice acting, uh mm-hmm. doing voiceover work. Um and it has a couple of people from Futurama, but it goes there's actually a, a great deal of people that show up on there that I was like, oh, I didn't realize that person like did that one or and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. if you get a chance, I strongly recommend. I think it's you can find it on YouTube at this point. It's yeah, I'll definitely look that up. That yeah, sounds good. Streaming I love stuff like that. I know that voice. Googling always makes for good podcasting, but now I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's actually of all the play- it's on uh Pluto, Peacock, Tubi, Amazon Prime, all oh. for all for just uh, free. Uh, so Peacock. I guess it's included if you have Amazon Prime. I have Peacock, uh, but only because and I got to cancel it. I still have it, and I haven't canceled it from when I wanted to see Halloween, kill, uh, Halloween Kills. <laughs> I got it so I could binge uh, the new Chucky show. <laughs> Oh, I haven't seen that. It's either. really good. It's actually really good. I'm surprised by how good it was. Well, oh, I, and I, I've always talked about this. I never, I own the first Child's Play. It's probably the only one I'll ever own. I never considered Chucky to be a scary, like horror movie. I know he's a horror movie icon, but I've never been one to really fall into the like, oh no, he's a scary guy. But mm-hmm. the, I, and I've talked with Matt about how about this show, but what they've done with the character especially in this show has given it such an interesting take. And yeah. I, I know it has a second they They're They're lit for another season. Um, so I'm very curious where they're going to go with it. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, just keep bringing on the Chucky. I, I loved uh, not to get on a Chucky tangent, but that one line this season where, <laughs> where the kid's talking to him and the kid admits to him, he's gay. And he's like, you don't care that I'm gay. And Chucky's like, I, I, what do what you say? He said, I have a I'm not a, mo- flu- yeah. a, I'm not a monster. Mo- yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have a gender fluid kid that I understand. What do you think I am? A monster? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Matt, if you get a chance, I it, at least give a, like the first couple episodes a shot, like one or two episodes a shot, see what you feel about it. I still, I do have Peacock, so I guess I gotta, I, I'll check that out. Yeah, I will. Mm. Okay, so uh, the Batman course just came out over this weekend. It's doing very, very well. It's I can't making, see why. I can't imagine why. <laughs> no way. Uh, it's just, you know, a Batman movie. They always do super well. Um, Matt Reeves directed, uh, starring Robert Pattinson, you know, just a, a nobody actor. Nobody's ever heard of Colin Farrell, another complete nobody actor. Anybody's ever heard of, uh, uh, Zoe Kravitz, who I'm sorry, nobody should look that good. Like, it's just not a thing. People shouldn't be that beautiful. Uh, Did you see her photo shoot that the pictures just went online of her in the <laughs> traditional cat mask? First she was yeah. drinking the milk. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Um, John Turturro and um, wow Jeffrey Wright thank you wow (laughs) I can't believe I couldn't remember that I love Jeffrey Wright I love Jeffrey Wright in Westworld and I completely drew a blank on Jeffrey Wright (laughs) so Paul Dano uh, 
Paul Dano. It, yes, Paul Dano is somebody I wasn't familiar with going into this film, and so uh, he was a nice surprise. Yeah. And I then I think the only one you're missing is Andy Serkis. And Andy Serkis, yes, yep. And yeah, I wish but I mean, what has he ever done? Yeah, another nobody anybody's <laughs> ever heard of. He wasn't in. What this, was, it? He was He was in this what movie was a it? lot less than I expected, but. Me too. I think it's a budget, right? Because like he played such a realistic looking CGI butler. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I my guess is he was probably really busy because I think they were doing his. I think he had like this short because he also did uh, Let There Be Carnage. He directed, so he uh, may have yeah. had a very short. Wit- I mean, it fits in the story that he's not in it much, but it probably also just like he had a window probably would be my guess. You only get me for these two days. <laughs> <laughs> then you can put my dummy in the hospital bed. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know how I exactly want to talk about this movie. It's just about three hours long, and there's so much in it that maybe we can all just just start going off on some of our favorite bits. And everything. I want to start with the only negative I okay. have of this film. Uh, yeah, we could get negatives out of the way if we want. That's yeah, okay. it's yeah. very. I, negative. I would say yeah. negative since I think okay. all three of us have very few negatives. Yes. Yeah, okay. Well, this that. is the biggest negative for me. And that's Zoe Kravitz's fingernails. Uh, she mm. has like these long ass fingernails throughout the entire movie. How have they not broken off the entire time? Yeah. <laughs> like honestly, I think the fight scenes and stuff. I'm like, how have you not snapped fingernails multiple times? Yeah. I mean, in real, <laughs> I get it. Like they were going for the whole long Halloween thing where she does yeah. scratch Falcone and yeah, yeah. they wanted to recreate that. But yeah, in real life, it's not practical at all. <laughs> it would have snapped off. <laughs> there are some uh, things where like, when you go for as as realistic of a take as Matt Reeves went for in this movie, there are some things that, that stand out, but it, you have to remember that it is a comic book movie. But I will say along that vein, the thing that stood out to me the most was uh, none of the airbags went off in the Penguin's car <laughs> when he had that huge fucking wreck and he walked out of that like no problem just fine no nothing and not a single airbag went off in that <laughs> i have a nitpick like that too and it's uh they make a point of batman's footsteps echoing the entire time yeah he's able to sneak away from gordon <laughs> and uh sneak up on catwoman yes, exactly <laughs> the, so there are things like that uh as far as like negative negatives like i would say my biggest negative is ah, i know a lot of people really like the batmobile chase in this movie i love I, it i don't <laughs> and i can tell you why it, it's a couple things um number one in the middle of a gunfight, for no reason, Batman jumps in the Batmobile and, like, is just sits there and goes, vroom, 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 and, like, challenges them to, like, a race. Like, it was the fastest. And then number two, number two, I see, Anthony, you really have something to say. I'll let you go, I promise. <laughs> number two, like, this <coughs> car chase scene 
is an example of like something I and I know this is only Batman in year two, but this is one of those things where like this is why cops don't do high speed pursuit in real life because boy did a lot of really innocent people get hurt and potentially die simply because the penguin ran and Batman chased him. Okay, that's that's my part on that chase scene. <laughs> Okay, so I just want to address your first point <laughs> because I, I I've been, I've been hearing this a lot. Like that's one of the things people like are like, why did Batman get in the car and basically like challenge them to a dick measuring contest? Yeah. I think he was trying to draw them away from Catwoman who was stuck behind the car. Yeah, probably. I, I think that I was just I I I don't know. I feel like in that moment there was probably a better way to do it. I know it's a, a Batman movie and you want to have your Batmobile scene and everything. I just feel like the setup for it was kind of dumb. It re- kind of, I mean, I wasn't a huge fan of it, I but I will say the uh if it was done in a different way where he was in the Batmobile, uh, I could see it because it was definitely a haunting visual of like almost Christine like mm-hmm. of him in the Batmobile. Like, oh, I revving. gotta text you something I texted Anthony before we started recording before you were on. <laughs> uh, Speaking yeah. of, it's just a, it's a, it's a uh, Photoshop of the Batmobile as the Christine poster. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. But, like, I feel like that, like, if, for Reeves' defense, yeah, it's like very much a very symbolic. Uh, moment and wants to wants to be something super scary that, that everyone's just like oh fuck but mm-hmm. I it, it, that, that, that is kind of a hilarious because I never actually thought of that where he just kind of disappears mm-hmm. and then he, all of a sudden he's in the Batmobile yeah. I, I think we can agree on though that first shot of the Batmobile the sound it makes oh, the like, sound that was awesome. design yeah. on that car is awesome <laughs> Okay, I really want. I would not gonna lie. I kind of want this as a poster. Uh, that's what I said. That's literally what I said too. Yeah. When he mm-hmm. Dude, that's sick. Of course, I'm also getting Knight Rider vibes off of it. <laughs> oh, the car in general did kind of look like Kit a bit, a little, a little bit. Yeah. bit. <laughs> but I, I know a lot of people have a problem with this design. I don't hate it. It's not my favorite Batmobile. I like Keaton's and the '66 one, and mm-hmm. I even like the Snyder one. But uh, I don't hate this car at all. I mean, none of the actual designs in this movie, uh, except for Gotham City as a city and uh, the Penguin. But everything else, like the the Batmobile, not my favorite. Batman's Batsuit, not my favorite. The Riddler, not my favorite. Catwoman... As long as she doesn't have her mask on, she looks like she's good, but her this mask is dominatrix. Is, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but the mask is pretty dumb, but um but I do really like, you know, like I said Gotham City, I think looks probably the best it's ever looked. <laughs> I th- I'll say I'll just say about the bat suit, uh, that grew on me a lot, but mm-hmm. I think it's best when he's not staring at you face on, head on. Like when he's in mm-hmm. profile or from behind, it looks great or even if he's standing sideways and he just has his head tilted i love it is when he's standing full on that's when the cow makes him look really weird in my suit grew on me a lot more as time went on i think the cowl is fucking awful (laughs) like i think it's really bad i think the um 
the mouth opening goes way too far back on his jaw. Like there were points I realized the part under his chin was just kind of flapping loose because there's not a lot under his, I just think his mouth opening is way too big for starts. And then I just, the face portion is not my favorite. I think the cowl's <laughs> really bad, but the suit itself is, is better. So I know people always like to say, oh, well, it's a uh, year two, you know, it'll, it'll evolve. Yeah, yeah. Which hopefully it does, because in interviews around this release, the cast and Matt Reeves have all said this is them, like Catwoman, for example, You, mm-hmm. it's a beginning. Like eventually he wants to get her to the comic book costume. She's the so only I hope- one in this movie that wasn't actually called by her uh, comic book alias N- name. He was called Batman. Riddler literally introduced himself as the Riddler and Oz introduces himself as Oz, but everyone else calls him the Penguin. So. Yes, I noticed that. Although Catwoman toward the end does call herself the Bat and the Cat. Yeah, that's true. So she got close. Yeah. Um, I'll go with a positive now. Um, since you just mentioned him, Colin Farrell was phenomenal in this movie. And so if cool. I didn't know that was Colin Farrell going in, like if I didn't follow this, I would never would have pinned it. I tried to look for the, the second time around. I looked, I looked a lot going, he has to show real Colin. Fa- like <laughs> normally you see somebody in makeup, like even Christian Bale at the, the previous makeup job I saw that I found that impressive was when Christian Bale played Dick Cheney. But even in some shots of Christian Bale as Dick Cheney, I could see Christian Bale. Like it was a really, really good makeup job, but there were parts where I went, Oh, I see Christian Bale right there. Oh, I see Christian mm-hmm. Bale right there. I couldn't see Colin Farrell at all. Not at all. I think he's a shoe in for at least an Oscar nomination for makeup next year, if not a win. But, but uh, I'll say this, he looks even better in the movie than he does in all the promotional images. Cause the promotional images, he just kind of looks like a fat mobster, but in the movie, you can really tell they did the hooked nose and he looks like more of a scar that comes right up his, you know, I really that like limp. It. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I was just, yeah, no, I was just saying, I really enjoy Matt Reeves take on these characters. Mm-hmm. So they don't, they don't go into like that weird, like how Danny DeVito's penguin had like the fused fingers mm-hmm. and like had like a rogue gallery of just, well, but how is Colin Farrell going to do the French flipper trick? If his fingers are infused. Yeah. <laughs> but I even like, I mean, Anthony, you probably know the penguin, right? He's, oh, whoa, easy to sweetheart. Like, <laughs> I felt right at home watching that. <laughs> but even the way he talks was so good where he just, he, he calls everybody, everybody, but their name, like, Hey, Mr. Slick, hey, this sweetheart, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I, and I loved it. Like, I, I mean, that's one thing I never pictured reading the comics, like that Italian New York accent, mobster accent, but it makes so much sense. And now I love it. And now that's going to be in my head when I'm reading the comics. <laughs> yeah. And um, even when he's being interrogated by Gordon and because even in people obviously are like, oh, it's so dark and there's no humor and there's very, very little humor. But one of the parts that makes me laugh so hard is when Batman and Gordon are interrogating him and Gordon whips out the picture. He's like, oh, 
no. God, what are you doing? What are Why you, are you showing, showing this me? to me? Yeah. Why are you showing this to me? He adds so many great lines in that scene. What are, What is this? Good cop, bad shit cop. <laughs> I love the fact that it's like the only moment where it's like where he, yeah, he like shows up Batman and Gordon for his knowledge of Spanish because they just said the wrong thing. It's like, no, it's law, 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 Espanol. And I also love that he was like a flying rat. You know what that sounds like? A freaking bat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, that's the first thing I thought of when he read yeah. that clue. And I don't know how it took them like three guesses it, to realize that, that was a weird writing moment where they're like a rat with wings, a stool pigeon, and it's like, it's like really? <laughs> well, oh, okay. So let's talk about another fly have, and it's a line delivery. First of all, I'll say this: Jeffrey Wright is amazing. Yeah. I loved that hit. Gordon and Batman were proper partners in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they're standing on that rooftop talking about that clue, <laughs> talking about the rat with wings, mm-hmm. and Jeffrey Wright's like, wait a minute, a penguin has wings. I thought back to the 66 movie where it's like, C, <laughs> C for Catwoman. C for Catwoman. <laughs> yeah. I, um, yeah, and, uh, I, I do like uh, Jeffrey Wright and their partnership because one thing that is really interesting about this movie is Batman is on screen more than Batman's ever been on screen in a movie. He's in like 85 to 95% of the film. Um, but he also works a lot with Gordon. And I like that scene where, you know, for they bring Batman back to the police station and Gordon has them clear the room and, they're like pantomiming having some sort of disagreement, but Jeffrey writes just up in his face and he's just like, we got to get you out of here. <laughs> Batman's like, yeah, well, how are we going to do that? <laughs> you know, this whole thing. And that was another moment where of course uh, there, he goes, you know, you punch me in the face and you go out that door and everything. So Batman just hauls off and hits him in the face. And then a few minutes later, Gordon's just like, you know, you really could have pulled that punch. And Batman's like, I did. <laughs> Yeah, that I, I loved that. What did y'all think of the wingsuit? I, I, I'm fine with it. Like I thought, I, I think as uh, especially with this being a more, uh, like, quote unquote infant Batman, and him just coming up with whatever means necessary to get out of a situation. So to have the flying squirrel suit, uh. I, I think Matt tweeted about this a while ago, but like just try I rewatch it as like a gift just to see where exactly this where the hell the suit comes from. Yeah, it just kind I, of I, I'm still confused about that. And I've make, seen the movie three times. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense, especially since you think about like um and I don't necessarily want to spend a lot of time comparing it to other Batman movies, but you kind of have to. But you think about like the Dark Knight, where he's in the where he's in Hong Kong, and he literally just jumps off the building and pops his cape out, and that's yeah. how he does the glide. And like that's what Batman does. He jumps out and he pops it. Or even in this is a little bit dumber of an example, but um, 
because I don't understand this either, where suddenly Batman has a gigantic hang glider that pops out of nowhere in uh, Batman Returns, where his cape becomes a just gigantic-ass hang glider, but... Uh, uh, that Which, that scene still confuses me to this day. Where did that yeah. come from? Because I cut away, you don't see how it happened. No, nope, it just kind of was just like, boom! And he's got a... <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh... But I do think, and I know a lot of people are, like, complaining now, just speaking of Batman, and we're jumping all over the place. I know a lot of people are complaining that they're like, oh, I didn't really like his Bruce Wayne. And it's like, that's kind of the point. Like, that's the point. It's based on Batman Ego, which I haven't read Batman Ego, but my understanding of Darwin Cook's Batman Ego is... Like, most of the issue is, like, Bruce Wayne trying to struggle with how much he is Batman versus how much he is Bruce Wayne. And in this film, he's very clearly just Batman. Like, Bruce Wayne doesn't... He hasn't come to terms with the fact that he has to do something else with his life besides be Batman. Yeah, Alfred has to force him to, like, be a part of Wayne Enterprises being like no you have to go do this like that's why i like scheduled it when you so as soon as you got back so you don't have time to like run away or take a nap yeah right and i don't i don't think like i think i think that's a point right you're not like you said matt you're not supposed to like him in this film i think that's going to be the arc of the second film him figuring out this bruce wayne persona and you've never i mean and but the thing here's the thing like is that it did not bother me. Um, and I don't want to, I listened to our friends mm-hmm. at Holy Backcast their review. And they mm-hmm. obviously liked it a lot less than the three of us. Mm-hmm. They had some, a lot of valid points. So I'm Those not like dorks. <laughs> <laughs> they had a lot of valid points. I'm not knocking them, but one of the things I'm going to pose the same question then to you that Andy asked, like, okay, he gets that it's going to be the arc in the next movie, but mm-hmm. shouldn't they have, wrap that arc in this movie is it a cheat knowing you're getting the next movie and not and just holding it over until the next movie a little bit i sort of do subscribe to the christopher nolan f- uh filmmaking ideology where it's like never assume you're getting a sequel if you have a a storyline wrap it up in your yeah. in your film and it's it's I don't know. I guess it's kind of like, um, this is a little bit weird of a thing to say, but I think it's kind of like leaving, uh, I don't know. Now I, now I'm kind of thinking back though. And it's kind of like leaving Han Solo and Carbonite at the end of Empire Strikes Back. But, like, they knew they were going to do Return... I guess they knew they were going to do Return of the Jedi at that point. So they kind of left that. I mean, in fairness, I think it is fair. I think it's very clear, judging from the fact that um, all these spinoffs and stuff were announced prior to the movie coming out while it was still in production. Mm -hmm. WB was confident. It was clear they were going to get a sequel. I mean, and I know that's not something you should bank on, but it was very clear they were going to give this one a well, sequel. It's basically the idea of, uh, yeah, you definitely want to leave it up for interpretation then leave something kind of dangling for the possibility of a sequel. But you also don't want to go like bang for your buck and just assume it uh, by having enough 
questions, uh, like a bunch of questions, especially huge important ones, and then no sequel actually happens. Uh, I've like by the end, by the time this movie's done, and I like watch it back, and I was like, I could see it go either way. Of like, okay, so there's room for the possibility of a sequel or not. Like it, like it, it, it feels like it could easily be its own standalone that other movies or it, or other series can jump off of. Like with the Penguin show, mm-hmm. the Gotham PD, and all that stuff. So it could be branched out in various ways through like HBO medium versus film. Well, and they very much set up their Penguin series, yeah. too. Yeah. Like, uh, with, of course, Carmine Falcone gets arrested and then shot and killed at the end of the... But when Penguin comes out and he just goes, you know, you, you, you're a rat, you know, you can't... And Falcone is just like, oh, so you're a big man now, Oz. And he says, yeah, you know. I, and it leaves the Penguin in a position of, like, now... <laughs> He can grab, especially since, uh, since uh, at the end of the film with with Batman's voiceover, he talks about like there's power voids and everything because of the disaster of the flooding of Gotham, and there's mm-hmm. crime in parts of the city that the police can't get to because of the flooding. Like Penguin has the opportunity to grab everything, you know, and so. even and like the. That's part of the thing, like what Catwoman says at the end, it's like, oh, you should just come with me because you want to be here for the city because you want to change the city. But the city's never going to change. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the, it's the same ideology of Batman that, like, all this crime and all these colorful villains and stuff kind of came about because of the Batman. So yep. having yeah. this kind of, like... So that that's the other part of it was like there's your spin-off like even if they had wrapped up his entire like Batman's entire arc in this film just by Catwoman saying that line just throws that door wide open at any point if they decide to go back to it. Well not only right? that but um Batman himself uh, which I guess you know, Batman Bruce Wayne kind of being the the same person, obviously, he has a, a full arc where by the end of the film, he realizes that his version of inspiration has not been a good version of inspiration. He's inspired this idea of vengeance, which is not a, a good road for anybody to go down where it, it, and just... Oh, I love the scene with him, you know, rescuing everybody from the flood and then putting mm-hmm. that girl on the on the helicopter stretcher and everything. And he's just like, I need to be a hero. Like, I need to inspire people in a different way so that people know somebody is looking out for them. People need hope. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, the, it was the, beautiful. That's one of my favorite scenes in any Batman movie. That I, whole. I also love just a little bit, like with the Riddler's lackeys, and he's mm-hmm. just beating the shit out of one. And they take his mask off, and he's like, "Who are you?" And he realizes when the guy's like, "I, I am vengeance." Yeah. And he's just like, "Oh fuck." <laughs> I was gonna flashbacks back to my Walking Dead, Walking Dead days when everyone was like, "I am Negan." Whenever that was yeah, just the answer from Negan. <laughs> I tell you though, uh, 
Robert Pattinson giving yet another masterclass in why all those people who think Batman should have the white eyes are completely mm-hmm. wrong because all of his facial expressions in this film are so, so good. Like when he's watching the video of the Riddler at the end, when he's realizing what the Riddler has really done, when he realizes that the city wall, uh, the, the sea wall is going to explode and he can't do a thing about it. Or when he watches Carmine Falcone die, knowing that, it's possible that Carmine Falcone had his parents killed or, or, or when he's interrogating the Riddler yeah. and looks so uncomfortable because he thinks the Riddler knows exactly who he is. What a great um, kind of red herring where you think for quite a while that the Riddler knows that Batman is Bruce Wayne and then kind of in a throwaway line he go you know because even and oh and paul dano's acting where he's just like bruce way <laughs> paul dano so, by the way kind of <laughs> kind of like uh uh a little bit of uh willem defoe going on where <laughs> like he's scarier without that mask on dude <laughs> To quote my wife, my wife loved the movie. She's not a big comic fan. She likes Batman because he's uh-huh. a, just a regular man. But uh, she loved this movie. But when uh, the Riddler took off his, when we finally see the Riddler for the first time, is he's, and he's this geeky dude mm-hmm. who basically just looks like a keyboard warrior. Mm-hmm. She was like, he is exactly what I thought he'd look like underneath that mask. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I he looks... He looks like Edward Nigma. Like, it's... Oh, yeah. For comic fans, yeah. But I yeah. think it's funny that, like... Oh, yeah. The, this interpretation Matt Reeves did, he's basically like a modern day incel you'd find on Reddit or mm-hmm. 4chan. Like, and yeah. I thought that was such a good characterization of who mm-hmm. this guy is. The like funniest, somebody the who got tweet, lost in the yeah. dark web. The funniest <laughs> tweet I saw is like the true villain of Batman is a is a guy with on Twitter that has 500 followers who decided to destroy <laughs> the city. <laughs> It's true. He had what was it? Five hundred seven people that followed. Yeah. Him. Also, you want to talk about something like subtle humor, but this got a big laugh in every screening I went in. You know, oh. every time he's in the mask, he talks in that deep voice. Mm. But then when they crack the video and he's in the mask, it just starts off. Hey guys. Hey guys. Yeah. <laughs> Classic yeah. YouTuber style. Yeah. yeah. Um. I do like that uh, Matt Reeves basically started this movie off as a horror movie where I was way, way thrown off by the opening to this film because it's just WB, the Batman, Ava Maria playing, and then looking through binoculars and... Like heavy and, Michael Myers breathing. <laughs> and that was something that always got audible gasps in every show I went to, too. When the mayor walks away from that doorway oh. and you just see the Riddler standing there in the dark. Yeah. Like, that got an audible reaction every screen I went to. That was such a good shot. Yeah. So it's, so freaky. And I, I was talking about this, I think, to Justin beforehand or maybe somebody else. I... <clears throat> I'm not a huge Riddler fan in the comics because he's one of those, uh, like his concept is interesting, but I can't point at the Riddler and go, what is, beyond the puzzles, what really is his 
deal. He doesn't have, to me anyway, uh, a distinct motive or any sort of distinct end game beyond going, I want to prove I'm smarter than Batman. But it's almost like there's there's no reason you should be a criminal just to prove you're smarter than Batman. The Scott Snyder, ta- uh, Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo run of the Batman. The zero year? Yeah, or like the even the I think it's even the lead up to zero year mm-hmm. where the Riddler basically holds Gotham hostage. Yeah, that's and zero the year. whole yeah, the whole premise of it is just like I need you to tell me that Bruce Wayne's Batman. Like you gotta tell me like the the uh I think it was like the final like the test where he's like there's a bunch of guns or lasers things that are on Batman's like, all right, I'm gonna give you like four riddles and if everyone you get wrong like lights are gonna pop on you and and like the last one's like ah you're you're uh, bruce something about like he just doesn't even go riddle riddle he's just like you're bruce wayne right he's like no and he's like no you're bruce wayne and he's like no (laughs) there's a i will i will say Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say, there's a lot of... Z- but what I was saying is, I kind of like the idea of Riddler as serial killer. But yeah, there is also a lot of Zero Year in this. Because part of Zero Year is there's a giant flood at the end of Zero Year. Yeah. So, but um, I was going to say, before we leave the topic of the Riddler, you're right, Matt. Like, So I've always had a soft spot for the Riddler ever since the 66 show. You know, mm-hmm. the, he's one of the big four villains on that show. I like him on that show, but not necessarily um, as much in comics. Right, right, and no, I agree with you because when you think about it, his he doesn't have that defining feature a lot of the villains do, like what makes them tick. Uh, so I think this is really the only way you could do it, like as a serial killer jigsaw type. And then the fact that Matt Reese found a way to make it relevant to today's day and age, where he's yeah. like this guy who's taking out his anger at society, the corruption of society on everyone else. I think it was, I think it was brilliant. Well, and I'll if- say. Oh, I was going to just real quick, even in uh, Batman, the animated series, in his very first appearance, Riddler's point is like, this guy screwed me over. I'm going to get him. And then his other appearances, he just doesn't have any real motive of anything except get back at Batman, which is kind of... uh, I don't know, like, the only, like, all the other villains seem to have some sort of motive, like, Mr. Freeze is initially, like, uh, kind of a, I, you know, save Nora, but then if Nora, depending on what storyline you're reading, if, if Nora doesn't survive, his whole thing is like, well, now I just want to, you know, a, a rage against society kind of thing, or, or, you know, but Riddler doesn't have a that that tick, so I don't know. No, I agree, and I know the costume bothered a lot of people. I loved the Zodiac take. I loved, uh, but you're right. Without the mask, he was even scarier. And I hope now that he's unmasked, that if he comes back in the future, he doesn't feel the need for a mask. No one's ever going to listen to Ave Maria the same way again after his. <laughs> That's uh, for damn sure. After his performance in Arkham. Give me that damn oh. soundtrack now. <laughs> <laughs> I, by the way, I loved oh, such a good scene from Paul Dano, the way he was acting like you and I did this together. What are you talking about? We helped each other. I didn't help you. Yes, yes, you did. You're a psychopath. No. No, 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 no. no. This isn't how it was supposed to go. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I was talking with Matt and I talked about this. I brought, because like this does, it, with the possibility lingering of a sequel and stuff like that, I was talking with Matt about it and I was like, <sighs> okay, be, before it was like just Riddler being Riddler and taking th- and like going after like all the powerhouses of Gotham and stuff. And I was like, is he, is he referring to the Court of Owls? Like, does he know? That there's a, a court of owls kind of motive going on here, and then with s- slight spoiler, I guess for people who now nah, we're haven't. talking spoilers yeah. at this yeah. point, so. like this brief interaction with the Joker, uh, and then I was like, are they setting up jokes and riddles? Like, mm. like is that where they're wanting to take this, or at least hinting to like either the court of owls or the war of jokes and riddles? Uh. I think it's inevitable we get the core vowels eventually. Mm-hmm. I honestly hope this goes beyond three films. I'm not saying like forever. I would love kind of like a James Bond, Daniel Craig Bond thing, a set five or six films yeah. with the same cast in the same world to really yeah. flesh out a saga. Um, but still, I think even if it's a trilogy, I think we will get core vowels at some point, at least a hint of them. Well, I think but, they really, yeah, I agree. Cause this really is a thing about like power balances in Gotham and politics and everything. And the idea that Falcone has been mayor for 20, you know, we, he doesn't work for us. We work for him. It doesn't, you think this election matters like Falcone's the mayor. He's been the mayor for 20 years, you know, and maybe he hasn't even been that much of a power, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. Although I am, I know, I know, I really am hoping for freeze in the future at some point. I mean, I really am because what shocked me about this film, I loved that it was dark and gritty and realistic. But what shocked me was it wasn't so much so where I couldn't see someone like Mister Freeze in a future film. See, I I kind of went in the opposite direction, sort of like I I would like to see Freeze too, but uh, I'm after seeing the kind of all the horror elements and how they can make this truly terrifying. I was like, dude, professor pig would be perfect for this. Yeah. Like, he is. I would love to see professor pig think, in a movie. I don't necessarily think professor pig would be a good main villain, but there's but uh, a side villain with like, you have enough horror body horror stuff you could do mm-hmm. in a Batman film now. Yeah. That it would be like, put him in, in straight, uh, put him in um, Hugo strange, like in a movie together or like, Strange, strange and strange would be I, awesome. I mean I originally said uh I think Anthony you post this a, a while ago like who would you like to see in a future film and I was like strange and clayface like perfect couple but I feel like clayface might be a little too unrealistic for this particular kind of strain of Batman so I would switch it to having like Professor Pig and Strange. I think Strange is inevitable. I think he fits so well into this world. And, uh, you know, with them doing an Arkham series, I think it's inevitable we get Strange. <laughs> Justin, like if we're talking... Oh, I was going to say, I was just gonna... talk a lot yep. about uh, the possibility of cold opens in films where you can see <laughs> a villain without having them be the main villain. Um, so... Kind of like in Winter Soldier with Batrock the Leaper. Yes, and- yeah. Or so yeah. like that's where you could get a professor pig that couldn't carry an entire film or a mad hatter that couldn't really oh mad hatter would be a fun one to see. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to see Mad Hatter. Hell yeah. Hell I, yeah. Thought, <laughs> I, I, 
I'd love to see um oh god, what's his name? Scarface. Oh, Ventura Scarface. Yeah, because how scary would that be? Like this mm-hmm. guy who talks to a dummy. Like I'd love to see that. But I mean, if we're talking like ideal sequel, I'd lo- I would love Mr. Freeze. Gotham's like underwater. That'll take years to clean up. Freeze it over. Set it during the holiday season. Make the color palette blue. You know, and introduce Harvey Dent as the new DA, and don't turn him into Two Face until a later film. Killer Croc. <laughs> just give him the snout this time a little i don't know why snout. i don't know why the suicide squad and then the lizard in spider-man why they won't give them the snout, give the the snout. i think should have a snout but my preferred version of killer croc is uh when he's not a full-blown crocodile when he is um like a skin disease yeah when he has a skin disease and files his teeth to a point hmm. can we oh. okay so what did Anthony? What was your take? Uh, how did you feel about the Joker in this? Like the fact that they included him, or what we got? Like, well, well I mean, I'll we, do both. we all him, know so. we've all read the same articles and things where Reeve said that they've cut a, an earlier scene where Batman has actually been in the room with the Joker, but that scene was cut for because of the way uh, the end scene when he, when Riddler interacts with them. So, okay. So I like the idea. I wish we got that. I would have preferred almost that earlier scene than that later scene. He says he's releasing it later on. Um, Probably be on the Blu-ray. Yeah. I, I love what Matt Reeves has said about him, that it's a perma smile that he was born with. It's like the man who laughs, which that's what inspired the comic book Joker. Yep. Um, even the blurry glimpses we got of him, he kind of almost looked like the Arkham Games Joker in terms of physicality, which I really like. Well, if you look did, at that actor, he, he kind of does have that look a little bit. Um, I'm not a fan of the actor. <laughs> I Well, I think the actor could do really well, but I hope if they bring him back, which I know me and you disagree on this matt you matt reeves said that he won't or he might not i i think it's inevitable he does uh but i honestly do think i hope that when they bring him back i'm gonna say when (laughs) when they bring him back he changes his voice and laugh because the voice and the laugh were not intimidating to me well i i'm not familiar with many films that barry coogan has in all i know him in is him in the internals as kingo and that movie Mm. And everyone in that movie, unfortunately, sucked in my personal opinion. Uh, like, it, with whatever reasons. That's a debate for another day. I agree with you. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> so the, the actor hasn't really impressed me. Uh, and it, like, it was cool seeing the Joker. And I, as much as I do love the Joker, I kind of hope that maybe he doesn't play a role in the movies but maybe in like the arkham show or something because like being like this weirdo that like talks to the other inmates a lot and like kind of convinces them to do shit or or even like if, if he's in the movie i don't need him as main villain make him a right. supporting role give him like 15 minutes screen time like the penguin but but like make him memorable like the yeah. penguin um yeah but i i agree with you i i would love to see him on the arkham show i would also I mean, the scene we got in the movie was essentially a Marvel post-credit scene just in the movie. Yeah. But the reason I liked it is because, again, as a fan of the 60s show, it was cool 
just to be able to say, oh, we had a big screen, big budget Batman movie with all four of them, yeah, right. all four of those villains in it. So I liked that about I it. I like that he's there. I like that it, that kind of fleshes out the, because this is a, a year two Batman. It's not an origin story, um, <clears throat> which also we haven't talked about it, but that's why I like the, the opening, not after the cold open of the Riddler killing the mayor, but the uh, Batman where the 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 bat signal is up in the sky and all the criminals that see the the signal start you know running they drop what they're doing the you know they think i'm in the shadows but i am the shadows scene which blew my fucking mind i was like this scene is awesome those first 10 minutes my favorite in any batman movie that's what i've always wanted like that's straight out the comics like just the criminals looking into the shadows not seeing anything and and they book in it like those shots of where they like would just slowly like pan over to the alleyway and you're not sure you're like i'm looking like is something in there or not like like the film got me paranoid like is he in there like so well done Mm -hmm. and i'll say as well this bat signal maybe my favorite it looked awesome uh, in the sky. Yeah. Like it didn't look fake like Batman 89, but it didn't look too uh, realistic where it's just a blurry blob like in the Dark Knight trilogy. Like I liked how yep. defined it was while still looking real. Yeah. Um, I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> oh, well. Sorry. Um, that's okay. It, it was the, you were talking about the opening, which is badass. With the, you were talking about like the Joker and. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause he's, you know, he says um, he's been at it for two years and it's, it just makes the world feel more lived in that the Joker's already in Arkham Asylum. Like Batman, the, the Joker was at it. Batman took him down and, and put him away and, so that is something because we've seen Batman meet Joker for the first time in Batman 89 and in the Dark Knight. We don't need to see Batman meet the Joker for the first time in another movie. So if they use Joker again, this is a Joker that Batman's like, all right, here's this guy again. And Joker can already be like, you know, already have his love affair with Batman. You know, Well, well the interview in the interviews, Mary said he was when... Whatever happened between Batman and the Joker, he's not the fully fledged clown prince of crime yet. He was probably just more of a serial killer. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like the deleted scene we'll see, he's already starting the obsession because Matt Reeves said there's some bit of dialogue where Batman goes to him and Joker calls out, Isn't it our anniversary? That's like, like which how, I love. Uh, <clears throat> that's like how um one of my favorite Batman Joker moments ever in Batman under the red hood is when the bomb is about to go off and Joker's holding Batman down and he goes, no, don't it's better this way. We can die together. I'm the only one who's going to get what he wants. (laughs) (laughs) When he knows that they're going to blow up together when the bomb is about to go off. That's one of my favorite Batman Joker scenes ever because yeah, because Joker absolutely wants him and Batman to die together like to star cross, you know, like Romeo and Juliet kind of deal. Um, but also I love moments where Bruce is Batman, even though he doesn't have the bat suit on. I, even though I don't like Batman V Superman, one of my most favorite Batman scenes in the world is Bruce Wayne running towards the collapsing building while everybody else is running away. 
And in this film, I love when the car comes crashing into the funeral and Bruce just dives and grabs that kid because the, they have the, the thing. Th he sees the mayor's kid right after the mayor is married. Then he saves the mayor's kid. And it's like, because obviously Bruce relates to a kid that's lost someone, you know. And so I like that bit going on through the movie, too. I like that bit, too. Yeah. a lot um yep. like i like that they and this isn't a knock on the snyder films listeners i actually like them as matt knows uh, -huh. uh but i like that they show batman being a hero in this and not just beating the crap out of criminals uh -huh. <laughs> like he's actually saving people uh, which is why the ending was so powerful to me it's like what snyder doesn't get about batman but i digress sure. I, um uh, no, I wanted to say too. Really feel. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to say something as well about <clears throat> the realism here. Uh -huh. I like again, as grounded and as realistic as it is, he gives Batman these amazing high tech lenses that just videotape oh, his entire that part night. Was so cool! It's so cool. That's right out of the video games, and I loved it. Yeah. Well, it's a kind of a mid-ground because the, the white eyes in the comics, those are, are lenses that Batman has that display information and record what he's looking at, you know? And so instead in this, he's got uh, his his contact lenses that do the same thing, which I think was just so friggin' cool. I loved that part. I loved yeah, his gadgets. Too. He had great gadgets. He had that. He had his... Um, I love the emblem that comes off the chest, like a knife, yeah. could be a knife. Yep. I wish, I kind of wish it was a batarang. I'm surprised he had no batarangs. That would have been much easier that for him was, to cut that wire mm -hmm. at the end rather than jumping over and cutting yeah. it himself. Um, <clears throat> I've heard a lot of people talk about the runtime and, and the fact that it's long. I didn't personally feel that it felt like it was three hours long, but a lot of people I know did and are like, they think it could have been trimmed up. Is there anything in this movie and either of you feel like could have been trimmed up or tightened up? Not really. Um, because there's just so much focus, like between the relationships you're, because the, you're still forming all of these relationships with characters. Mm -hmm. And Matt, I think there's a great balance of, of Batman having his relationship with Gordon and having the whole thing with Selena um, like the whole Selena, him and Selena, like I, I've always been in the weird camp of Batman and Catwoman, be like, why is this still going on? Why do we care about this relationship? Mm -hmm. Like, especially after Matt and I've talked I'm about. I'm not it, a big run. fan of Catwoman as a character. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> so... I've never been huge. Like, and even Matt and I were talking about because I'm reading through the newer Batman stuff on the DC app. So mm -hmm. I'm like I'm like almost done with Bane's Bane's War or whatever. Justin's the city been Bane. reading. Uh, oh, so he just King. got past the wedding. I love the yeah. whole wedding story arc. I thought yeah. it was bullshit, but that's again <laughs> argument for another day. But in this movie, because <laughs> of those relationships and how we're still getting it developed for everyone, that I don't really think there was a spot that felt sluggish or needed to be cut because everything was important enough and i also really think that the pacing some i i remember there was one person i overheard when we came out of our screening i was like that movie's fucking long and I, in my head i'm like i don't think so i thought it was paced really well like yeah. 
for everything that was happening. It didn't feel rushed. It felt just like a normal. And honestly, films these days are like like two hours long anyway. It's not okay. that much longer than The Dark Knight or The yeah. Dark Knight Rises. Okay, it's, and here's the thing. That's what pissed me off when everyone was making a big deal about the yeah. runtime. Like, like, Endgame is still longer. Long. Yeah. Yes. Oh, so like enough, like that enough. Like, stop getting on. Like, people. Like, oh my god! I don't know. Runtimes are runtimes are subjective. Like, I've sat through some short movies that felt like they took forever to watch because yeah. they just weren't that good or that engaging. So, uh, but to answer your question, Matt, I think there is one error, and I don't. I'm not advocating for anything to be cut. I didn't sure. think it was long. I thought it flowed really well. I think everything was needed. I think if they could cut anywhere, they could have cut the uh rotata stuff yeah down a little bit because yep. that Pokemon? seemed like it errata <laughs> <laughs> a lot yeah yeah okay they could have cut down the errata a lot of stuff a bit because they made a few that feel that felt that was the only part that felt like it went on a little long yeah i don't know i, I don't... didn't uh i liked all of the catwoman stuff or the, you know, the Selena and Bruce stuff that almost, who, who, who wouldn't watch Catwoman getting undressed in the bedroom, sure. like a stalker. However, Oh, that was another thing that bugged me <laughs> about this movie. Just a little bit He's like, why is Bruce walking around and doing a lot of this stuff in like homeless person garb instead of like just going around as Batman? Why is he constantly getting dressed and undressed into his Batman stuff? But that's a whole other thing. Um, you could have lifted Selena out of this movie entirely and had oh, yeah. the same movie. Like with a few tweaks, I'm not advocating that you should have. I'm just saying on my second viewing, I went, you know, she doesn't need to be here. Like her whole search for her friend, Annika doesn't really go anywhere. And I understand it's a catalyst for, for Bruce to, for, for Batman to have somebody inside of 44 below Bruce Wayne could have gotten into 44 below. No problem. Like that could, I'm not saying she should have. I'm just saying, I feel like if you wanted to tighten this movie, if you wanted to, if you wanted to reduce the runtime, Selena is the part that could have been lifted out of this film. I am just going to quote our friend Andy, Matt, by saying, you're going places I can't follow you. <laughs> Anthony, no, I, this is revenge for to... you saying Texas, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre sucks. <laughs> mm. I mean, I, I, I speak I, the truth, Justin. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's a whole other thing. I the, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I think part of it is is pretty good i think once you get to the dinner scene it becomes almost unwatchable uh and i think the remake is better but <laughs> the 2003 not... remake the 2003 well yeah. there are no oh yeah absolutely that was a fantastic film but... <gasps> oh oh mm. okay uh that reminds me anthony we should i just came up with an idea for a show because i would just started thinking about <laughs> uh horror remakes that are better than the original film and uh, I think the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I think the Evil Dead remake. Um, I agree with that, too. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's a whole other show that we could do is is. But I also. Oh, uh, if we want to wrap up talking about Batman, we can. But um, 
because there's so much to say about it. We haven't covered even anywhere near a lot of this movie, and we've been talking for over an hour now. Um, But, Anthony, Justin and I also recently saw the most recent Scream film, finally. Yeah. I would love to talk about that in detail one day, because I... I really uh, liked it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. We so. talked about it on the show, but we both really liked it. And I just wanted to mention it to you because I know Scream is your favorite horror franchise. Scream and Halloween are neck and neck. You ask me on any other day, Halloween could go above it. I right. think Scream is the most consistently good throughout its franchise. But I I mean, there's no arguing with Halloween is the king of all. Yeah, horror. There's a Halloween reference in the Batman there is. Justin, so did good. you catch it too? I probably did, but I wasn't. It's really when the Riddler attention. kidnaps the DA. To oh, put the yeah. bomb around his neck. Yeah. That's <laughs> Annie's murder scene. So oh. just the DA. And uh, that's the other thing. Uh, the whole when the DA ha- drives into that whole scene from beginning to end is tense as all get out. Like, um, mm-hmm. with the Riddler, like, he's got the bomb strapped to his neck, and Batman comes in, and the whole phone call is just, wow. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That scene was fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. And again, that's a moment of dark humor, too, where it cuts from the funeral to him sitting alone with the cops just rolling the robot in and just, just everyone staying mm-hmm. away from him. It was um, weird. It was utterly funny. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And and it and dark as hell too that he decided like, you know what, I'm a dead man anyway, but I'm just gonna let it blow up blow me yeah. up. Yeah, and speaking of the blowing up, here's my final nitpick, I think, with this film, and it bothered me a lot both times I watched the film, is again going back to that idea of realism versus I don't like that Batman can just take shots from guns <laughs> no problem like his armor basically being Iron Man armor that I don't like but literally the bomb blows he's inches he's like in the DA's face and the bomb goes off and he's like knocked a little bit loopy but wakes up fine in the in the police department and then later on even though he's been taking machine gun fire to the chest the entire movie he gets hit with a shotgun and is blown back a bunch uh and and has and to do a shot of like adrenaline a shot of adrenaline to, to get back up and be uh, whatever fuck yeah. that but <laughs> that part i I, <laughs> I kind of liked that because it showed that one like such something point blank range is enough to stun him to the point he needed something to get going again yeah, yeah. but a ah. shotgun beat him out from an explosion yeah no yeah, i, I, and, I, I and mean the, the way, that explosion knocked him out completely he was fairness. taking all those point blank shots from with the machine gun, fully the automatic machine. weapons as he walked down that yeah. and he was fine so yeah i i will say too something i loved about this film as well and i know gordon gordon was really only batman's ally on the force in this movie but i love that i loved all the scenes of batman just hanging around with the cops yeah. and like them giving him a wide berth and like throwing uh-huh. him weird looks and everything yep. and i love the commissioner at the beginning this might be your favorite night of the year huh Happy fucking Halloween, freak. (laughs) I like, oh, and this was another weirdly comical scene when the medical examiner is, like, trying to go around the mayor's body, and he almost (laughs) runs into Batman. He's like, 
excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, I loved all of that. All the looks the cops were giving him. And even the end when Batman breaks into the Riddler's apartment to go through the evidence again and that Martinez guy yeah. like just shines his light in it. He's like, what are you doing in here? Batman literally just turns to him and he's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. Overall, yeah. Solid A from me. I really yeah. loved it. I... Yes, A plus. Yeah. I think it's my favorite. And again, I have to say, I have to sit on it. But right now, mm-hmm. the reason I love Batman Begins on the Dark Knight. Sure. But the reason I may give this the edge is this feels more like Batman's world and not just Batman put in Chicago or New York, kind mm-hmm. of like those movies did. Yeah, I. I don't know. I'll have to sit on it a while longer. The grade may go up. Right now, for me, The Dark Knight is the the A plus film. I I really thought the first time. In fact, I even tweeted it. I said I may have just seen my new favorite film. Uh, but upon my second viewing, I went, you know what? It doesn't quite have whatever it is that The Dark Knight has for me. Where and maybe it's just that it's missing uh, Batman versus the Joker because that's my favorite battle in all... It's Batman versus the Joker and Spider-Man versus Green Goblin are my two favorite battles in all of comics. So Mm -hmm. maybe that's what it's missing. I don't know. Maybe when I see it more, maybe it'll become... Maybe I'll like it more and more, but it sits just behind the Dark Knight. It can't quite reach that. Yes, I, that's fair. Yeah. I also I'll say um yeah I, I'll say this so well, to wrap it up. But Pattinson is my favorite Batman, and the reason I say that is the voice, the gait, the eyes. He just embodied how I always pictured wanted to see Batman. If he they could just tweak the suit a bit, then he'd be perfect. I appreciate that he doesn't try to do a voice. He just kind of speaks low. He lowers it. Yeah, I love it and too. Softly, low and soft. I think is really all he really. And you know who else did that? Actually, was Keaton. Keaton didn't say very much as Batman, but when he did, he kind of just spoke low and soft. So, yep. I was just waiting for him for passing to grab Kravitz and be like, "Hang on tight, Spider Monkey." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was I was just waiting for them to do it on the Batmobile. Oh no, wait, that was those behind the scenes rumors. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> yeah, didn't you hear? That's how they got in the character. They got so you know hot and heavy with each other. Yeah, right. <laughs> works for works for uh, I believe it. After seeing all those behind the scenes interviews and uh, yeah. photos and everything, yeah. I call okay. I call horseshit when they're like talking, like when it's like Paul Dano said he couldn't sleep for however long like and like you know what that you know what that ended up being though uh because i saw that headline that was actually a clickbait headline his full quote was not that he had trouble sleeping because he did he said he got really wound up playing the character and he had a hard time coming down like that makes more sense (laughs) yeah the, the clickbait headline was was like paul dano says he had uh, trouble sleeping playing the creepy Riddler and when you actually read it it's like no he just he got into a headspace where he like got himself worked up to play it and he had a hard time coming down at night when he left set 
Yeah, because I was like half expecting he's like the the pull the bullshit like Jared Leto did when he was Joker, uh, and I'm just like, that's not acting. That's just you being wait, a wait, dumbass. Wait. Jared Leto never played the Joker. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, he really didn't. <laughs> no, he didn't at all. What are you uh, talking about? Um, he was just oh, some creepy dude that gave Ben Affleck a reach around. Oh my god! One other thing with Paul Dano, just since we're speaking of of little humorous moments in the film that made me that I really liked was when he turns around when all the cops come in and he goes, "I just ordered some pumpkin pie." (laughs) (laughs) Trying to be all wholesome. (laughs) I loved that. (sighs) Good good times. Good Good times indeed. Wow! Yeah, that's. Mostly the Batman. I'm sure we'll never stop talking about it now. But <laughs> I was looking at like I'm on the verge of pulling the trigger on some hot toys where it's like Robert Pattinson's Batman with the bat with the bat signal. Mm-hmm. I was just like, damn, I want that. It looks good. <laughs> yeah, looks really good. It does. I need a house. I need room. What's a house? Yeah, right. <laughs> I was as as I was going through my shelves yesterday kind of moving everything around so i could dust i went i started to get that collector feeling of why do i have all this if i need to clean it? <laughs> it's the first time i've had that feeling in a while so that happened <sighs> oh all it's right, gonna guys. be so much fun when when i finally have a place and invite people over to just help me rearrange rearrange all my figures <laughs> yeah exactly <sighs> All right, guys, I am going to bring this episode to a close now for two reasons. One, I haven't eaten all day, so I'm kind of hungry. And two, He's got poop. Nope. <laughs> close, but I, I need to pee, so I need to get up. So, <laughs> uh, so that's it, everybody. Anthony, we're so glad you got to, to be here. And uh, Thanks for yeah. having me on. Yeah. and Listeners, check out Tis the Podcast if you haven't. Thank you. I was just about to say, and please plug your show, Tis the Podcast. Yes. Yeah. Tis the Podcast, a podcast determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive all year long. Every Monday, we drop a new episode in which we discuss a new movie, TV show, or episode. A new Christmas movie, Christmas special, or Christmas episode of a TV show. And uh, Halloween, we do horror and Halloween movies uh, for the month of October. And Patreon has a bunch of non-Christmas stuff, so check it out. Uh, And I gotta say, uh, I did a Hallmark Christmas movie back in September, and you guys didn't talk about it, so... Not yet. (laughs) Which one did you do? Trigger Plum Twist. I only worked on the. I only worked behind the scenes, but I was like waiting to see if you guys covered it or not. <laughs> uh, I'm totally gonna cover and have you on for that one. <laughs> yeah, so I can talk about like, yeah, I drove. <laughs> cool. Well, later, everyone. <laughs> later. Later. <laughs> The Two Broke Geeks podcast is a production of Two Broke Geeks Entertainment and is part of the Atomic Geekdom Network. If you have not already subscribed wherever you get your podcasts, please do so. It really helps us out. Also, what really helps us out is if you could leave us a review. We really do appreciate it. Find us online on Facebook. Just look for Two Broke Geeks. Find us on Instagram, 2BGPod, and on Twitter, at 2BGPod. Find Atomic Geekdom online at AtomicGeekdom.com or on Twitter, at Atomic Geekdom. Thanks. Oh, it's over. It's over. <laughs>